Here we go. Welcome, everybody. This is BMP uh, Weekly, episode 229. We will get to 230, 31-ish before we go to the holiday break. Right, Valdek? Maybe. 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 Uh, let's see how we how this proceeds. Um, it is already 4th of uh, December. We'll probably do one or two still uh, this uh, calendar year, and then we'll continue after the holiday break. Right. Yes, well, that's yes. typically the way things work. We record <laughs> one and then we record another one. <laughs> that is true. Now, on the PMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest Microsoft 365 and the related technologies like Power Platform and other areas as well. It's all connected within the Microsoft Cloud, which is, which is really, really cool. Um, this is episode 229, as mentioned. Uh, and uh, we do have a visitor, of course, in this show. Uh, and the visitor is. Drum roll. Today we are talking to Agnes Molnar. She is longtime MVP. Was it 15, 16 years? 16, 16. 16 yeah. years. So she's been around for a while and she is specialist in search. She can find things like no other and she can help you find things like no one else. So yes. without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Wow, it rhymes. Let's do that. Welcome, Agnes, to the PMP Weekly uh, show one more time. You've been actually in a show uh, in the past. Well, like, did we do any research? When was the Yes, last we have time? done. It was in the past. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I it was in the past, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that's in the past. No, maybe. Okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> based on laws of physics, it was in the past. But even though, but if you go back in the future to the past, anyway. Um, what now, is the past, anyway? That's yeah, true. Exactly. What is time? Time, time is a human created concept. There, there we go. go. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> so let's start with the basics anyway, because people might not know you. Agnes, who are you and what do you do for a living? Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Agnes. Um, originally, I'm from Hungary. Moved to the Netherlands about a year and a half ago with my family, with my company, and with my whole life. Um, I run a small consulting business called Search Explained. And as you can imagine, the primary focus is on search and findability of information and knowledge, focusing on Microsoft technologies mostly. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. I work a lot. I'm with my three children. Um, yeah. And traveling the world, <laughs> speaking at conferences, and and you are an MVP as well, right? So I'm an MVP. I've been an yes. MVP for 16 years now. I'm also an 16. RD. Wow. I'm old. Yep. Yes, that's old. Yes. 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 Cool. Uh, so let's let's start with a kind of a from the business side of the house. So um, the mm -hmm. search explained. How has the search evolved? What, what's the you know search is a fundamental piece on on finding information. What what's the latest trends? What has happened within the search area? Uh, it's one word: copilot. <laughs> <laughs> so no, the, that... the, yeah, it is an interesting point. Like, how has AI changed? You know, the concept of like because I think the need is still there. People want to find things. Yes. How does how yes. does the advent of AI, especially there is an ear change that or did it uh i think not yet but the expectations are very high about that so what i can see is that people and also organizations as you know companies and other organizations um they have high expectations i feel that almost everything needs to be packaged as an ai project or a co-pilot readiness I don't know, project or something like that. So uh, that's a that's a tra tendency now. 
yep. also i can see two things some companies uh are still well some of them are still waiting to see what's going what's going to happen uh, some others have too high expectations and they lay back and sit down and they they are like this, like, oh, yes, AI will solve everything for us. We don't need to do anything. And that's it. So they are just there passively waiting for the magic. <laughs> and there are the third group of organizations and people who think that Yes, we need to do our homework. Yes, we need to be prepared. Yes, we need to do things before it will work as we expect it to work. So yeah. that makes us busy, uh, of course. But yeah, it's less and less about search itself. It's more and more about finding the correct and right information. Yeah. But then when I think about it, search is the fundamental piece within yep. the AI. So there's no AI without search uh, because it's all about finding the information and, and categorizing the information, training the AI about the information what we have. Absolutely. Which is an interesting I'm... point, right? Which is an interesting point because, and I think that, that that discussion has been going on for years and you probably know that as, you know, like no one else. Already back in the days, like, we had, you know, like very simple search, keyword search, you would find a word. And if that word was in the text, you like you would get a result. And then over time, we got more advanced search, finding synonyms and, and so forth and so on. But it was this for a long time. It was the discussion of do we need metadata or not? Do we need yes, to, classic you know, discussion. classify? Or like, do we need to have information architecture in place or not? Has that changed? Well, uh, short answer is not. Uh, do you remember, or most probably you don't, as at least not as much as I do, uh, there was a Microsoft Ignite years ago when Microsoft Search was announced uh, in, you know, the holistic mm -hmm. common search experience in Office 365. Uh, and at Ignite, it was part of the keynote. I mean, the search was in the keynote, which is a big deal. You know, you are sitting yep. there, you can see, oh, we are going to have a nice, really, really, really fancy search. And it was in the keynote. So everybody saw that. And then the communication about, so this was the first, you know, a couple of sentences that we would have good search. And then Microsoft started to say literally in the keynote, that uh, you don't need metadata, you don't need anything. It will be smart, it will be intelligent and anything. And the fun thing was- I Where was are we there. with that? On the scale yeah, of yes, one yes. to 10. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. This is, this, is, this is just the beginning of the story because oh, be I, was, I was sitting there, it was the keynote, you know, the first day of the conference. I think it was Tuesday morning and I had a In Orlando. Orlando, or Orlando, something. Orlando, yeah. yes. yes. And I, I had a session. <laughs> I had a session Thursday afternoon, like two or three days later. And the title of my session was "Why do you need metadata for having good search?" <laughs> so keynote, you don't need metadata. My session, why do you need metadata? And I was like, well, <laughs> something is wrong. 
So yes, I did my session. I had a lot of people in my session. They were curious about it, which was fun. But I think what has changed is our approach to metadata because years and years ago, what we were talking about is how we can make people to tag the documents, how we can make people to fill out those metadata. Now the discussion is more and more about auto-tagging and intelligent tagging, extracting information, uh, which from the search perspective is the same. We need that metadata somehow. It doesn't yep. matter if it's a human who is tagging the document or if it's an AI or if it's a Power Apps or Flow or Power Automate or whatever it is, we need to have that metadata on the content. That's it. But if you can extract, if you can already automate extracting the metadata from the content, why do we need it? Because why couldn't search do it on the fly? Um, for example, filtering. You cannot define what is a filter within the document. Mm. It's not the same as, so search is much more than just the full text search. It will yep. find, if, if, if you don't have it as a metadata, full text search will find it within the document. But, but, but you need that. But, but also, yep. sorry, one more sentence. Extracting yep. information is not only extracting words. It might be extracting concepts, extracting synonyms. So maybe you use a synonym, so full text search does not search, does not find it, but by using those smart, intelligent auto extraction things, it, you will have it as a tag. Now coming back on, um, 100% we need to have the metadata, we need to actually extra, extract, extract that from the data, what is there. Coming back on Walter's question, technically you could actually do this in a two way. Uh, you could actually extract and do the other, let's say OCRs and all of that stuff, when the document is being crawled, but that would have a massive performance impact because then crawling the document would mean that it would have to handle all of the files one by one. Um, and I traditionally we've been doing this, of course, as we are uploading or manipulating the data and the files and documents, we want to have it then categorized and metadata auto generated in that. Um, and then the search can focus on being search, not on you know document management side. I guess that's the because technically what we were saying, while like, yeah, the search could actually do, you know, that automatic tagging as well, but it's a performance impact and you need that tagging anyway in the document when you start manipulating or accessing the document. Yep. So. But Just I mean, to call it out, theoretically. Way back, when, so. way back when somebody smart said the 64K ought to be enough for everybody. So I don't know what <laughs> that's the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's a while back. A while back. A while back. Going back. Going back to uh, AI and search, right? Because it's like like as um, um, search is a key part of AI because it finds it does this first step of bringing the content out there to AI and let AI to reason about it. But do you see people still using the classical search, if we we call it that way, or do you see more and more people moving towards chat GPT like experiences where that will become the new search. So people will kind of express their search intent in the way they think as opposed to keyword queries or queries at large, just like like how basically exp exp uh, expressing their intent the way they think. Do you see that coming or is there still place for search? In Enterprise search experience, enterprise central, whatever it was called. So. Uh, I believe it's still place for 
the present search experience, whatever we call it to be. So uh, in the same way, you can imagine we still, or we already have Microsoft 365 and all those nice cloud features. And you know very well how many users still using Windows Explorer to manage their files, synchronizing folders. their OneDrive and folders. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, uh, so it's not only because they're old style, I really hate uh, using this expression, but that's how they work. That's the easiest way for them. And we, I can, I can see the same with search as well. So, uh, yes, op absolutely. There is a huge benefit of being able to use natural language and using prompts instead of KQL queries. Uh, but at the same time, you know, just being able to click around and filter and change different vertical and just have a look on the result set as a set of something instead of just the response that we got from the AI. It's a totally different mindset or a different way of working. I think even if I look ahead like five or even 10 years, we will have both and we yep. need both. Isn't this oh, the same as, as Google Google, and then, you know, Bing and then the Bing chat? It's not like Google text box or, or Bing check text box is going to go away. The chat is an alternative way of uh, engaging yeah. and searching things. And you want to have both point. options. So it's well, not, that, not either or. Why well, would but it that's have an interesting point, right? Because just the other day, I read an article where apparently the youth doesn't Google anymore. They use TikTok. I read about things. the same like, article already 15 years ago, and at the time it was 15 TikTok. years old. Something, something years else. TikTok. Uh, That's interesting. Not, not about not about TikTok. <laughs> but again, the fact that people write these articles and people move across to different things that doesn't mean the you know the if you think about Google, it's still a by far the number one way of finding the things. And yes, there are trends. Of course, there are trends. Um, is TikTok now the final tipping point? I don't think so, because we read these similar articles 15 years ago already, uh, related on whatever it was at the time. F Facebook is going to take over the Google. Will it really? Will it? Well, who knows? But again, the text box based search versus the chat based search, uh, I don't think that's going to be a either or. It's going to be both, uh, depending on what you're looking for. Yes, and also don't forget on your mobile phone, you can use your voice. Hey, Google. Yes. Find yes. me this and that. Hey Siri, find me this and that. Which is sure. just a different user experience or a different sure. user interface. Behind the scenes, it goes back to search as well. Yes, yes. And again, that's why the search is important. I was testing out the Bing, uh, the, the image search, which is amazing because you can actually take a picture of whatever, let's say a class of a, a juice or, or soda and whatever and say, where is this being made? And it will give you the results based mm -hmm. on the image. You just pick That's up the just... bottle and it says made in Taiwan. If it actually does that, yeah, but it, it will yeah. give you the actual location, addresses, company details, all of that stuff. So you can actually access the information. You cannot access that directly from the bottle. Uh, yes, you would know where which country, but you wouldn't have that additional context. Yeah. So having that visual search capabilities, and of course, Google has the same thing. Uh, it's not a thing they sing. It's it's really, really cool. Um, and you, then you can have a chat with the with the chat. Is it Google or Bing on saying, okay, cool. So what about what, what else are they doing? Blah, 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 blah. And you'll get in the context more additional information. But again, the search is still the same. Behind of the scenes is using search. Um, yes, now, but... Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I, and and I think one one more thing that is super critical and super important to mention is the critical thinking. So if the next question you are asking, oh hey, okay, uh, who is making this kind of soda and what as they are doing? If if uh, the chat tells you yes, they are doing also, I don't know, breakfast cereals and chocolate bars. You check if it's really true, and you start thinking about if it's really. It might be because sure. you know Pepsi and also Coca Cola yeah. do thousand other things than just sodas only. But still, that critical thinking will be super important about that. Do do not believe everything that sure. any chat tells you. Now, one thing what I wanted to ask, so on the ESPC last week in Amsterdam, there was multiple discussions with obviously with the audience, and then um, we have our community calls and all of that stuff, and they will say quite often, or a few times, I had this question, it's like, okay, cool, Dave, you have community calls about Power Platform and, and Microsoft 365, what about AI? So mm -hmm. is AI a specifically isolated separate thing? Because my answer for those questions was like, yeah, we cover AI in all of those calls, because AI is part of the feature set, but it's AI itself isn't actually the most you know, central thing. It's about how AI decorates on the capabilities, what we have and services, what we have, like search and the UX and all of that stuff. How do you feel that? Is AI, should, should people just focus on AI or is it also part rather than, okay, AI in knowledge center, AI in document management, AI in wherever? Uh, from this perspective, I think AI is the same thing as when we talk about, I don't know, consulting or software development or any those generic kind of things because when you tell someone oh i am an it consultant but still there there are thousand kinds of it consulting that you can do sure. Sure. So, same with software development same with many other things so i think ai is the same thing if someone says that oh i do ai or i work with ai it could be that I am a scientist and really I'm working on the AI algorithms within, I don't know, the company OpenAI or Google or Microsoft, or it can be, oh yes, I'm an end user and I'm using ChatGPT and everything yep. between. So I don't, yep. I, I don't think um, speaking about AI as a generic thing is, is a good approach in what we do here. So not just focus on AI as a topic, focus on how AI enables things, for example, in employee experiences and, and corporate communications yes. and all of that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's giving that's actually giving the meat for the top of the skeleton with just AI. Did it make sense? No, it didn't? No. Okay, cool. No. Um, <laughs> skeleton AI. I'm visual, Finish. sorry. Finish. I started Finish. to Pro imagine Pro this. Proverbs are weird. <laughs> Uh, the one thing what I also wanted to, there was an interesting, so this is a, I know that this is going to be an interesting debate discussion and the AI and search and all of that. And obviously, when you think about user prompting, user prompt is basically a search query. Uh, like we already kind of touched on a side discussion on this, this discussion with Agnes. When you're prompting and creating a prompt, it's technically not a keyword search. It's basically a search based on the natural language processing. And you're mm -hmm. applying a search but you're running that through with the AI uh, translator. Is prompting skills relevant within, obviously they're relevant today. Will those be still relevant in five to 10 years? Do you really need to understand what is you know, core of prompting? 
And there's multiple, there's um, no right or wrong on this answer, but, but it's actually an interesting discussion point. Yes. Um, I believe prompting is like learning a new language. And I'm uh, in, in with, with all those benefits, of course, but also with all those challenges. So when you learn a new, a new language, and I'm not talking about programming languages, I'm talking about human languages. Yeah. So as of today, the prompting works best in English, as we all know. If you don't speak English well enough, you might have challenges because your wording might be not the proper English wording, so to speak. Uh, and in I the future... Seen. I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you do, Vesa, but I, I, you know, I felt something in the air and now I know it is. Uh, but anyway, even if it would be, I don't know, Finnish or Swedish or Dutch or Hungarian or regardless of the language, um, you still have to do how to how to express yourself yep. uh, that the computer or AI or whatever we call it understands you. So, yes, it it is relevant today and it will it will be relevant in the future as well. And most likely, well, I, my, my prediction will be the abstraction layers will reduce the importance of prompting sooner or later. But when is the, oh. you know, it's because we will basically give you, like in the Microsoft 365 Copilot, there's a massive system prompt behind of that. So we give you a kind of additional value. So you do not need to understand, you know, the scientific rocket science level of prompting. You just need to understand on filling the planks rather than all of that. But Absolutely, there's highly beneficial and high, a lot of, lot of value of understanding how, how to define what are you looking into doing. Same, by the way, worked for the keyword search. Uh, some people were able to use Google. Some people were not really that good on using really Google. Not really able to use Google. <laughs> but I wonder, but I wonder to, to what extent you could draw an analogy that it's exactly the same as with, you know, computers. Like back in the days to write program punch cards. Yeah. And then point like you had to know, you know, assembly with memory addresses. And mm -hmm. that wasn't that was only available to selected few because it was hard. Like you had to think differently. Now yeah. you don't. Now we we let you draw a box and that is an app that runs and works. You know, like you can yeah. you can write a flow with just a few clicks. And in a way, it's an app. Yeah. Right. So and you benefit still like if you know how a machine works, you benefit still. But it's no longer a requirement. So I wonder if that will yeah. not be exactly the same where over time machines will get better in trying to understand us. Because if there's one thing that I learned is that how hard is it's actually to express your intent. Like it's easy to say something and then you have an AI on the receiving end and it comes back at you like, that's not what I meant. And then you start thinking <laughs> yes. about like, yeah. How do I? How would I it have know? That thing in how my mind. It? How do I exactly. describe it? How do I express yes. that so yes. that it knows it? And I think the core part there is because it doesn't know us, it misses the context to understand us. Yeah. And I think that that will be also this interesting point as as it evolves and as it becomes more per, 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 personal, it will be easier for it to understand us because then, like, instead of writing a novel of a prompt. I would just be able to write a few words and it will know instantly that I'm, when I say this, I mean these few things and not everything else in the world. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's the same, it's the same, I think, with, uh, with uh, the navigation systems on your phone or in your car. 
you know, 20 years ago, I still remember when we drove from Hungary to Spain, like 24 hours driving the, with a paper map. map. Yes. A yes. book. Yes. <laughs> and I was sitting, you know, my husband, my now husband, he was not my husband that time yet, but he was driving. I was sitting next to him and turn right now. Oh, shit. Next, we have to figure out, you know, the replanning the kind right. of thing on the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today, it's much easier, but still, you need to be able to enter the address and everything. And the, the funny thing, and you mentioned personalization, I use Waze on my phone. My husband uses Waze on his phone as well. Even if we are doing the same route from the sa same starting point, same end point, Waze shows us different driving time because usually he drives faster. And we yeah. have been playing with that a lot, just sitting in the same car, using Waze on his phone and my phone, entering the same destination. And usually Waze predicted for me like 5% more time or something like that. Huh, uh, interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, personalization, as you mean, I mean, yep. AI can predict a lot, which is good and which is benefit. Yep. Of course, it can be scary as well, but at the same sure. time, it, I believe it, it it's good. Now, let's get back on the bit about the search experiences and everything else. Um, two questions. But first, let's start with a, how do you, um, are you are, are you still building stuff using the search web parts and search experiences? So how would you recommend customers to looking into building their search centrals and whatever it is right now with the current situation microsoft 365 is there still kind of at this web part level of doing things is it a microsoft search where are we what's the latest recommendation it's i cannot exactly remember when we talked last time but probably i said that customizations and custom web parts and vmp search is a big thing uh or was a big thing they are still a big thing today uh, in specific cases, but as much as I can see, uh, since Microsoft Search has improved a lot, yeah. I would today I would definitely recommend to start with Microsoft Search and use PMP or any other web part based solutions only if you really need something very yeah. custom. So that's a big maximizing, change since last maximizing time. the value. So it is a mature enough then related on what you're getting out of the box. Yes, yes, it's getting yeah. mature enough. Good. Good, good. Um, so there was a, those who haven't actually been around necessarily within a historical things, there was this moment of a time where search was part of SharePoint and SharePoint Online, and then it got transitioned to Microsoft Search. And there's been kind of this, how would I uh, say, a gray area or related on features, what will be available and what's not available and where um, based on investments. And, and it's good to hear that we're finally getting to a level where out of the box is good enough um, so that we don't necessarily need to use custom components or build those experiences. You still can because everything is API based. Uh, yeah. Pretty recently as last week, actually, uh, Ubisoft uh, released uh, open, or a set of open source components actually in the GitHub, in the Microsoft Search GitHub, which they use to build their Ubisoft. own Ubisoft, their own search experience. Um, ah. It's all open source under the Microsoft Search um, GitHub under PMP, you know, this this uh, thing. Uh, we're going to do a video recordings and all of the podcasts and all of that pretty later, mm -hmm. a bit later. We'll okay. put it in the like, notes. With that name, uh, so. like my expectations are really high. Like I can imagine, you know, AR, VR, 
<laughs> and well, it's things. it's not no. too far fetched, but uh, search oh. components which are web uh, web op, uh, web components, uh, you're able to build external hosted web applications which are connecting to Microsoft 365 and make it look like whatever you want. And that's actually yeah. pretty cool. So a lot yeah, of, of useful components. So it is still possible, but yes. If it's, you have the money my, and interest and you know absolutely. objectives. Yes. So yes, yeah. true. Um, we'll put it on the on the recording notes. Um, the other thing uh, what I wanted to what was the other thing? I have no idea. Only we had we had an assistant who could look in your uh, uh, mind. I'm not sure if that's smart. Uh, so, um... <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds fun. My second question is: What is my second question? <laughs> what is my second? AI, AI. What is my second question? <laughs> well, that depends on the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are very philosophical uh, today. Maybe yes. so. So we talked about you know the, the like. Would you start with web parts out of the box? But I think if you think about like how would you start about uh, building a search experience, you would start start at the start with the content because whatever you yep. put in, whatever that's what you get out. Like you cannot level, you cannot increase the level of the output if the input is bad, right? So in other words, mm -hmm. what is the Foundation. What are some of the foundational foundational recommendations that you give to customers with regards to being able to find stuff back? Uh, the foundation is don't even start with the content. Go one step back to the people, understand what they need and how they work. And when I say how they work, it's not necessarily only how they search and what they search for but also what they need. In many cases, people don't use search because they don't trust search today. They hate it, they don't like it, they don't expect any good quality results. So yep. it's very hard to talk about search with those users. Uh, instead, I prefer to talk with them about how they work and what they need. Because when you think about search, search is all, always just a stepstone to your next task. You are doing something, you need something, yeah. you find that thing and you go away to doing that thing. So search is not the job. Search are, is are just you trying tool. to say that there are no folks in the world who wake up and say, oh, today I'm, I'm so gonna search. I'm so I'm gonna, gonna, gonna find. Search. <laughs> I'm gonna find, find, gonna find all them things. Search. I'm so gonna that find all be, them things. I'm pretty sure that would be a very stressful job. Yes, true. true. I would say it's a niche. I bet there are folks like that who might build search, and maybe well, it's, it's their thing. But <laughs> you will, you will, you will, you will laugh about that. But uh, sometimes it happens. So just, just imagine, we really, literally have clients who, let's call this lady Katie, for example. And sorry, I'm. It's not personalization. This nothing about real Katie's or anybody whose real name is Katie. Just I, I, I really need to use a name for this. So just imagine that you work for a large international corporate and there is this one person, Katie, who is working in the knowledge management area, who has very good connections and network in, within the company. So she is the one who knows everything and knows everybody. And in many cases, this person has hundreds and sometimes thousands of bookmarks in her browser. And it if you like need somebody some... I know in his call, <laughs> 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 works for a corp, 
well connected, a bunch of bookmarks, not a lot of stuff. <laughs> hey, Vesa. And you can. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Katie. Yes, it's Katie. I don't think we. So, it's... It's... Yes. <laughs> so just imagine this. And people also know Katie, and they know that Katie knows everything. So Katie is the knowledge hub of the organization. So they ask Katie about everything, and this happens a lot. So when I uh, talk to really users, and, and in many cases, when we start working with a new company, sometimes I talk to, literally to hundreds of users. And in many cases, if I ask them, OK, how do you search? And they say, no, I don't use search. OK, but what do you need? What And how do you work? In many cases, it goes back to their emails and also to Katie in the organization. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh yeah, like I send my emails to Vesa too. Like he knows things. Like, yeah. absolutely, yes. Vesa is the AI. Linking pin or right <laughs> switchboard? You mean switchboard? Yes. Anyway, human um, switchboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, start with the users. Start to understand yeah. what they need, what and and not what they want. They say. Because in most cases, they will tell you, oh, we need Google-like search. No, you don't. You yes. don't need the 10 Blue Lines experience. You do definitely don't have thousands of engineers who work on relevance optimization sure. and those kind of sure. things. So really just understand what they really need. That's yep. uh, step zero. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think I want to ask: Was there ever a case where you you talk to a customer, you talk to the you know the users, and you realize they don't need search; they need some some something else. They need a catalog. They need list of stuff, but they don't need an extensive search experience. Have you ever had that? Mm, sometimes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, well, what they needed was I don't know a policy hub when their primary problem was they are not you know finding the policies and then the first uh, discovery was that oh yeah they cannot find the policies because they don't really have a place or a structure how they store the policies and then we discovered they don't really have you know processes how they manage the policies and then and if you just you know peeling off all those layers in turn out that they really need a policy hub. And of course, in the policy hub, they might need search, they might need, you know, search-driven web parts or those kind of things. But from yeah. the user perspective, it is not search. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It happens. Even, it happens a lot. Even though search probably powers some of that stuff as well. But again, yeah. it's, it's from an experience perspective, it's different. Now. Yes. Before we close up, uh, from a timing perspective, it'd be thoughtful. I wanted to come back on on bit about you know the family side and and Agnes side of the of the discussion. You, you, when we started, you said that you moved from Hungary to Netherlands uh, within one and a half years ago. Can you talk about what is the biggest change within the cultural change within the company? So if you look at this from a US perspective, hey, it's Europe, so it's not that big of a deal, right? <laughs> um. Well, number one, they speak a different language here. That's fair. Which, yeah. So, well, although everybody speaks English, which is good if you are a tourist, which is good, you know, if you just visit and you can talk to everybody on the street, in the grocery store, everything can be done in English. But if you live here and if you want to practice Dutch, 
that might be a challenge because as soon as they notice that you are not Dutch, they, sw they switch to English. So yeah. they want to have, but it is not a have practicing the language. Um, but other than that, yes, of course, there are cultural differences. Uh, one that I would, yeah, one that I would highlight as a funny kind of thing, how direct the Dutch people are compared to Hungarian people. Like, you know, we, we move, but we, we moved here uh, in the middle of the summer. I had to take my daughter to the dentist a few weeks later. And we live in a street with a lot of families. The children, of course, started to play together like immediately. Um, so I, when I, when I had to take my daughter to the dentist, I asked one of those mothers if I can leave my little son, who was six and a half at that time, uh, with them for like one hour the next afternoon. And literally, the discussion was like that. She opens the door, and I was like, "Hey." May I ask you if I can leave you, my little son, tomorrow afternoon, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, no, and closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that was the discussion. Wow. And, you know, the day before, we were talking about the kids. The, the next day, you know, the children were playing together as before. So it was not like that she rude or had anything. any rude yeah. or any... Yeah bad wow. intent or anything it was a, no and that was it but at the same <laughs> time this dutch kind of directness uh um it's also fun i mean if you ask people like your neighbor the mother or father in the schoolyard or anything if you ask them hey how are you sometimes they really mean how are you as a human being deep down yeah. And sometimes you get a 20 minutes long answer about burnout, about the family, about everything in life and not just mm, fine, thank you. Yeah. And that's it. Which yeah, it isn't, it isn't syn syn synonym for high. Yep. No. Yes. No, it's <laughs> not. And if you want to have a short answer, I, I literally still need to do that on a conscious way. If I don't have a time for the 20 minutes long answer, I really need to ask something very direct. What did you buy in the grocery store? <laughs> or, oh, we have a very nice sunny day today. And that's a short answer. Well, oh, yes, even we then, have. The weather, if you start about yeah, the weather, yeah, yeah. It stop that's doing true. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, you know, start just. Yeah. Hey, you have something, you know, what did you buy in the grocery store? Then it's just very specific. Oh, I just yeah. bought, I don't know, bread and butter and yeah. that's it. Other when than you, that, you never know. When you talked about, when you mentioned, or when you were about to mention, you know, you know, the weird side of the Dutch, I was pretty sure you would mention some something else. It was like, did you have a chance to attend a birthday party yet? <laughs> No, not yet. No, okay, okay. So you will, so that, that experience is yet to come. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know that spot. circle wow. thing. Wow. Yes, I, I read a lot about that. Not, well, but that, not yet. That's, that's not it. Congratulating everybody. Yes, yeah, yes, like, like, yes, I don't, yes. Why? <laughs> I, I read about it, but no, I... Okay, I haven't. You, haven't, you haven't experienced one by yourself yet. Okay, cool. No. Need to explain while like now for the for the people who okay. are watching or listening. So, so, so imagine, like, you, you throw a party for the birthday you have, and you invite a bunch of folks. Yep. Agnes is already in a room being your, your guest. I come in, I congratulate everybody in the room. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why? <laughs> like it's not your birthday. Like you're a guest. Yet sure. I am congratulating you with him. He's like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It does, but that's that's how things are. If you don't do that, you're like people are like, like, it's expected of you. We're just like, why again? Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So. Now, now coming back on uh, a bit about the the transition as well. So, how, how does the the company? Was there an impact on the company and work uh, thing? as moving into um, the Netherlands. Of course, it was a legal thing to move the company over here, which was actually much easier than I expected, uh, or the administration and kind of kind of things. Um, but also what is interesting to see is that now I have new clients who are just noticing, hey, you are in the Netherlands, we should talk. And I'm like, even before I was in the European Union, even before, you know, yes. I was doing the same yes. thing. I am the same person, but still it feels like, I don't know, different kind of visibility. I'm yep. not sure. I'm not sure mm. what it is. It's weird sometimes. I think Netherlands is anyway kind of a technology hub within the Europe. Oh, yes. why, why, why is that well? Like, why, what's the, obviously, if you think about Microsoft 365, Scandinavia is adapting super early as well, Sweden, Finland, Norway, um, Denmark. But why is Netherlands part of this? I don't know, but if I would have to guess, I would say that it might have to do with the uh, trade routes that we've got here in the Netherlands. Historical. You know, like, yeah, so like always in Dutch, we're always, you know, outgoing, building relationship, yep. trying to exploring opportunities, being all over the world, trading stuff, like being kind of the pioneers. And maybe that is a part of the culture to do like, don't settle for what you got, like try something new, take a risk, yep. take a bet, try new things. And maybe that's why I you, you see some of the outcomes of that. And I guess Rotterdam is one of the biggest ports in Europe still and all of that yeah. stuff, right? So yes. Rotterdam, Rotterdam being in, in Netherlands and so correct. Yeah. So for those who do not know. So yes. I think maybe Barcelona is nowadays bigger port. But anyway, doesn't in matter. Europe? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But Barcelona is not this. in the Netherlands. No, no, but in yet. Europe. It isn't yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Good, good. Uh, I guess from a timing perspective, I guess we need to start closing up as well. Um, um, any last words? Uh, what would be the top three things what people should be looking into getting ready to co-pilot an AI, uh, Agnes, from your perspective uh, related on search? Getting ready for co-pilot and AI, your content, definitely metadata, information architecture, and cleanup as much as you can. Do not keep nine different versions of the same documents. Only nine. Uh, it, <laughs> yes. Sometimes it have, it's, it's a real story, but that would be another discussion. Yeah. Um, so get, get ready on the content side. That would be number one. Number two, uh, make your people ready. The mindset, the education, uh, prompting, uh, all those kind of uh, things. Uh, and number three would be that be open-minded, but don't want to be the first in everything. Yep. Yep. Learning don't from others is a Don't on pioneer. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess so. Um, and, and the last thing, what, what we typically do within this, anything interesting what's happening this week? So kind of a quick week, upcoming week, what's happening, any interesting things, what you can talk about? How um, does the week for Agnes look like? Well, Sinterklaas or Santa is coming Tuesday oh, you night. Have a, you have such a weird I, schedule on this stuff. So. Yes, and it's not only that, but in the Netherlands, that's also an interesting difference. In the Netherlands, Santa is coming from Spain and not from the north. By, by both. And he, by both, and he's <laughs> been well, in the country. That's a different one, right? So that's a different one. That is not <laughs> the one, like, the, 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 there will be another guy with Christmas too. So there, there is two of them, actually. Two of them, yes. And yeah. and we had the same concept of Santa uh, yeah. in Hungary who comes the night before the 6th of December. That's a, that's the same for wow. us. Okay. But still, this, and, and but one big difference is that Santa has been already in the Netherlands in, I don't know, for three weeks now. There is a TV show every night for children about what Santa is doing today. And of course, there are all different kinds of challenges. And he lost the big red book and then they found it they lost again last week uh, or last year the boat went wrong so there is always something happening but of course santa is coming tomorrow night so that's cool. a big thing cool. so you do get gifts gifts for the kids then two times in a december wow Correct. yes interesting yes interesting and the second is 25th of december Correct. Or yes. 24th. Yes. Yeah. That's 25th. Okay. Because in Finland it's 24th because it's the eve of the Christmas in Finland. Yes, yes, yes. Christmas oh, yeah. Day. So Yes. Yeah, I think it's it might be I don't know if it's a personal thing because like you will have your party at home and then you will get to uh your your uh parents so and uh, grandparents for kids and then from one yep. side from the other side so yes. it might yep. be like depending if you can if everybody gets along with each other and you can get everybody in one place or does that need to be spread and so forth. So yep. yeah, it might be few evenings. It might, might be one. It depends. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. Uh, anything, anything else? Uh, well, like what's happening on your week? Uh, tomorrow. As, so as you are watching this, we have released <laughs> new version of dev proxy. So that is one. Cool. Depending which time we which time of the day we release it, we might have, or we will be, presenting one of the connectors that we've built uh, that allows you to uh, ingest external um, content to Microsoft 365. But what's really cool about it is that we've got a cloud-based setup with uh, serverless, with queues to handle the scale. But what's also cool is that all it takes to run it is to press F5 and and we've got automated everything. So that is really, really cool. So definitely if you watch this show as we've presented it already check out the recording if not join us live at the community call yes 5pm gmt uh, uh yes 4pm gmt 5pm cet yes. there you go wow time zones are hard yes. 6pm uh, et I can go on and on here just kidding yes perfect. you you go uh, on and on and on yes um, 5am <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, we're, we're working on uh, launching new learning path about some of the content related to extending Copilot for Microsoft 365, so, so stay cool. tuned for that. Uh, well, what about you, Vesa? 
Uh, we we do have an Independence Day actually on sixth of uh, December, so that's on and one uh, you know having a nice week where you have a Wednesday off. So I'm I'm all for this four day week system and and having you no know, just uh, but it's good to have a one day off uh, within this week. I, I need to still get uh, better a bit uh, after last week. Uh, I got a bit a bit of a flu on the on the Amsterdam um, ESPC, so that should be getting better. But uh, there's a documentation work we are releasing the card designer plus plus, so making the Vivo connection uh, cards to be configurable. All of that stuff happening this week as well, and a lot of planning. Uh, so nothing really changes. Planning, 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 planning. Community At some point, that will turn into execute, right? Uh, hopefully, hopefully, yes. <laughs> or then we start planning the next semester. So you know, planning, 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 planning. So, but yeah, yes. anyway. So always be, be planning. Always be planning. Always be shipping. That would be much better. Yes. Anyway, I think that's enough for the discussion of this week. So thank you, Agnes, joining us. Really cool to have you on the show. Um, it's been a while since you've been on the show, so good to have you back here. And congratulations on the move and and, and transitioning the company on the Netherlands as well. Really, really cool. And all the best for thank the you. within the future as well. Thank you, Vesta. Thank you, Adek. It's my thank pleasure. You. Excellent. And from here, if we move into the weekly articles uh, together with Valdex. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for next one more time. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Agnes, one more time uh, on the great discussion. Uh, it's good to catch up as well. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, well, no idea what I'm about to say. Anyway, it was great to catch up. Uh, we did saw each other actually last week in, in Amsterdam as well, all three of us, so which is kind of cool. Um, how was the, the ESPC for you, Waldek? It was We're talking about the European else. SharePoint, Microsoft 365, Azure, SharePoint, whatever the conference name is nowadays. But Correct. I think it's the European <laughs> SharePoint Office 365 and Azure conference. Yes. I think that, yes. that is the name on, on their side. If anything else, it was um, a reunion of sorts. It was great to see everybody. Yes. Uh, because there's a bunch of folks with whom like we get to call weekly, bi-weekly, once a month at least. Yep. But like it's been a while since at least I've seen them in person. So like, there, there were folks who I saw last time at ECS in, in May, but there are folks who I haven't seen for a few years. So it was great to see everybody in person, uh, catch up with folks, but also see the like where the interest is, what kind of things people Correct. ask about. And um, conferences are always, you know, a great place to learn that because it's one thing to, you know, like online to hear that, but it's different when you are in the room and when you get to chat yep. with folks and you hear the kind of the unfiltered feedback from them, like this is working, this isn't working, we're interested in that, but we're stuck on this. So if anything else, it was, it was great. It was really, really great. And it was a well-organized event. Yep. Um, and apparently really we'll well have another one uh, next year in December in Sweden. Yes, in Stockholm, which is looking forward on that one. A bit more delayed. Uh, I think the idea was there to give a bit more flexibility between the Ignite and then uh, ESPC. Uh, so it's one, I think it's one or two weeks more uh, delayed, uh, which is good. Uh, so looking forward on that one. Uh, December in Stockholm is not that bad at all. Um, well, depending on the weather, right now we're hitting minus 10 degrees every single day, apparently in Helsinki. Oh, but you're in Finland, so that's No, different. but that shouldn't be the case. That's no, this is, yeah. It's always, Finland is always so cold and no, it's not actually. So, and not in Helsinki level in the north. Or, yes, absolutely. So, what was, so what, what was your, your, your take on ESPC? Uh, I, I did uh, the same thing. I, I really love the, having a discussion with people and, and seeing people really in real uh, world. Um, 
you know, shaking hands, hugging, all of that stuff, really, really awesome. And and really have that few days time on on feeling the audience, what's interesting and what's not interesting. Also, there's a lot of interest on, on you know, looking into the attendee numbers within the sessions to understand what is the real focus areas and where, um, and, you know, we, we talk about quite often about the reduction of extensibility and developer stories within the within the Microsoft 365, which wasn't visible in the conference at all. There was a massive interest in all of the developer sessions, um, which which was really cool to see. And that's kind of something what we've seen in the past as well. Uh, there's a certain difference between US and Europe on that as well. Um, but it's it's cool to see, uh, especially being on a platform side of the house, like you, while they're kind of helping us on the on the documentation and and samples and all of that. It's cool to see that there's clearly high interest on betting on on the on these functionalities. Yeah, and maybe like, even to expand that a little bit. All uh, right, um, I got to see the workshops on the pre day, the first day, yep. and there were were workshops about building apps for Teams, uh, building apps with Power Platform. Uh, and some other things too. And these workshops were packed, yeah. right? So yes. if anything else, the need to build your own is still there. Uh, yep. The interest to build your own is still there to kind of build on top of what is available uh, on Microsoft 365 uh, and, and then add to it the specific things that you need for your org. And then also be build it in a way that you don't need to stand up your own, your own, your own Correct. infra in a cloud. Like Correct. you don't need to like Correct. that, that side of it was very much packed too, because there was, there was also a workshop, I think about AI and it yep. that was all, uh, from the land or through the lens of build, build your own AI experiences on Azure. And that was packed yep. too, right? So yep. across the board, building things on, on the Microsoft Cloud is still very much an interest. So don't let anybody else or don't let, let anybody tell you uh, the different. The interest yep. is there. And we see, yep. sure, over time, you know, the different feature sets evolve like just the other day. And I think we're going to uh, talk about it like we deprecated the add-ins, right? Like yep. change Absolutely. is there. Yes. But the yes. fundamental needs of building your own and trying to do more with the tech you've got available is still there. Yep. Like that doesn't change. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's always been the big promise of the Microsoft Cloud as well, that yes, you get the baseline SaaS service, but then, then you can adjust that based on your business requirements. And, and that makes it unique uh, as well. And it's a great partner opportunity as well. So, but yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh, it was awesome to be, uh, you know, in a location where we have 1,500, I don't know how many people there were, but um, there was more than 1,000 people, I think less than three, 4,000 people. So somewhere around on, that. On, on, on the app, I saw registered like 1,890, so around 1,900, okay. um, yeah, so. And the expo was awesome uh, to be, oh, I'd yeah. have to call that one out as well, because I was at the last day on Thursday, I was the whole day in an expo and it was packed and there was like 100, uh, uh, you know, expo. Uh, spawn, what are those? Uh, exp vendors? Vendor, what's exp 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 whatever. Uh, vendors. Uh, different vendors uh, providing and explaining their offerings and all of that. And based on a chat with a lot of them, they were like, yeah, this was really good. So they have a lot of leads yeah. and, and interest and, and, and offering their services as well. So um, one place solution flew in all the way from Australia there. We had a chat with Cameron on, on their success and all of that and a lot of other people as well. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, and it's also great like that even, like I don't know about you, but we've been around for a few years and it was interesting to see names I didn't know yet. And yeah, I'm, true. I am true. I'm trying to say that I that I know everybody, but if you, <laughs> if you are in this space, 
you get to know like you know the common names and they're like hey like i didn't know these folks are there and i don't yep. know what they True. do so True. let's learn about it too so it's also True. it's all these signs of you know vibrant ecosystem people yep. building on it building product and even building a business on it right which only Correct. proves Correct. that there is there is a need for it Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Then that need comes from the customers asking features and capabilities and, and using the Microsoft Cloud to improve their productivity. Um, also, it was interesting to see the interest, almost a massive interest on Copilot. Um, at the same time, it's not super widely available. So there's like people wanted to have a sneak peek here and there um, on, on what's, what does it actually mean and how, how do I extend that? What are the different options? So a lot of, lot of interest on that. Uh, Definitely, we'll get more availability on the co-pilot and extensibility models for all of the partners and customers uh, gradually within upcoming months. Um, that's that's evolving forward as well. Cool. I guess let's jump on the weekly articles, right, Waldek? Let's do that. Let's do that. Yes. Let's have a look what you've got for us. Now, the first one is actually interesting. We talked about this one before we started uh, <laughs> recording because this is one of the 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 let's say. From our perspective, this is a cool feature. This is basically a new application called Updates. And it's basically you have, a, you have a team uh, that you can share then updates within the team on how you're progressing. So think about developer team or a feature team and you use daily this application to update, daily standards, all yeah. But I still, the, the name of the app is, I'm confused. I, it took me a while when to figure you, out on what. Yeah, like when you re, read it the first time and you don't know, and you haven't heard about the app, you're like, you read it Correct. twice, like, what is it? Yeah. Updates? About, yes. and then like, updates. Oh, the, the app is named Updates. Yeah. And then, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but idea is really good. Idea is absolutely oh, yeah, totally. really good, and and making it sure that, and I guess the, the well, obviously there's a part of part of a competition probably for Slack and all of that. Slack is quite heavily used by developer teams um, as well, and this is now targeting to address those demands a bit more uh, efficiently. Well, I guess Not it sure if that's directly competitive there. Yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. Right, but as an like, example, like, for example, like I am, I am on projects, and we have weekly syncs. Yes, you know, like, and yes, like, I don't think that that might, you know, um, alleviate or address the need to have a meeting because that's someone like you might want to talk through things. But it's it's yep. a great way, like, if you work asynchronously, and you if if you are with a team that is spread across the world, where having a synchronous meeting is not always an option, this is really a great way to. Uh, get you know the sentiment from from the team and see maybe based on this there is a need to have a meeting to address a topic on the list. Yep. So yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. a great thing and really, really yeah, cool stuff. I'm interesting to see. So. I'm I, yeah, I'm interested to see how we will use that even ourselves. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward on that as well. Now we also had a typical. We are in the early ages of December. So that means that we have the monthly summaries coming up on Cross the Stack as a Microsoft 365 admin monthly digest, basically summer coring out all of the features which we announced in Ignite, uh, most likely referencing, well, recapping Ignite announcements is, is really the message here. And there's going to be a separate uh, AMA for Microsoft 365 Copilot, by the way, on Wednesday, December 6th in the Microsoft 365 Copilot tech community. So something to check out there as well. So depending on when you're watching the video, uh, it might be tomorrow or you, then you missed it. So, you know, um, listening to the podcast. Uh, there was also an update on what's new on the enterprise customers in the Microsoft 365 app, uh, previously known as Office 
.com app, whatever we call this. Now I'm getting right. too used to use the Microsoft 365 app already, so which is good. Um, so updates in here as well. Uh, so um, and and from an experience perspective, which is really really cool, um, and summarizing all of those different features. There was also an update uh, on the Copilot as for support tips. Copilot in Microsoft 365 uh, from Brian Stoner. Um, so referencing Copilot guidance, how does it actually work, and and to understand the baseline. I really like this picture. I'm not sure who actually drew it first time. Pretty complex picture, um, but we do have the step by step, you know, walking through how this actually works, and it actually explains how it works with the system prompts and everything else. Um, so it's the first impression might be that oh my god, it's complicated. Actually, it's not. It's not super complicated. A lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, but still. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of other references related on supportability as, and support tips. Now, we also had a uh, getting started uh, with Viva Amplify event coming up. This is coming up on December 7th, uh, so early December. Um, you, can, you can pretty much, why, why is everything happening in early December, by the way? Uh, because why, 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 part why of the be? world uh, <laughs> observes Christmas, I Correct. suspect. Correct. Yes, yes, that's kind of pretty much given. So after this week, I can pretty much guarantee that after next week, which is starting from 11th, we will see less and less people actually working. Um, so I can say that I'm from here. The out of office. I'll be here, definitely. Yeah. I'm always here. Come on. Except so. when you aren't, but other than that, that, that yes. you are. Yes. That, that is that's <laughs> precisely how it works. Anyway, there's a Get Excited Viva Amplify event on December 7th uh, in 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, we also announced uh, a general availability for VL Connection announcements. Technically, this was already available uh, in Ignite timeframe, but we delayed the announcement a bit, so we did an overlap with the Ignite announcements. Uh, so that basically means that uh, upper section announcement feature within here. So this picture is Viva Connection version 3.0 which is now a set of features and capabilities which are now rolling out for all of the customers. Um, and the announcement is that higher section or the, the upper section uh, within the page. So really, really cool. Uh, we did record actually quite a long time ago already uh, recording uh, with Nancy. Uh, that's me and Nancy chatting about the Viva Connection announcement feature. And so showcasing how it actually works and asking a few questions related on, okay, so what about X and Y and Z scenarios? Does it actually support that? So I think that's like 10 minutes of chit chatting 16 minutes oh. chit-chatting uh, with me and Nancy. Oh. So should be good for those who are looking into more details on how this actually work. So um, this is Inception. I can see myself in a video as we're recording a video. That's weird. Wow, and you're in the same way. room. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my oh, God. God. Ah, how does that work? Inception. Um, then two super important announcements. Um, I did actually share this right before this call and it clearly caused uh, questions because people wouldn't know. We, we didn't promote this uh, articles from last week too efficiently, uh, but I, I would, now we're trying to make sure that everybody is aware of them. So SharePoint adding model will be retired. Oh my God, what does that mean? Well, it means that the SharePoint framework and the Azure Microsoft 365 and Azure AD application, all of that will work without any problems. SharePoint adding model is the model which we introduced back in 2012. So it's more than 10 decade, uh, more than a decade, uh, 10 years old uh, technology. Um, and that's the SharePoint hosted add-ins and the provider hosted add-ins and related technologies. Now, the retirement does is not immediate, which is very important to understand as well. So the timelines are reasonable, so to say. Uh, we will basically uh, stop having uh, support uh, SharePoint add-ins in the store 
from April. Is it April? Where is it saying that? Uh, March March twenty four. No new uh, no new uh, adding model offerings in the public marketplace, and from July twenty first cannot be acquired anymore from the public public marketplace. So that's that's kind of okay, cool. Um, so that's the marketplace support for adding model is done by June twenty twenty four, and then. Uh, for the new tenants, we'll stop supporting add-ins in November 1st, 2024. But if you have invested on SharePoint add-ins previously and you're using them within your tenant, using the site loading or you acquired them from somewhere, they will be working all the way until April 2026. So that's pretty reasonable, uh, giving heads up for everybody. It's not an immediate thing. Uh, all of the remote events receivers, workflows, all of that stuff, uh, deadline right now, April 2nd, 2026, and uh, not more than, uh, sooner than that. So that's pretty so reasonable. In right? other words, if you are building something now, don't use it anymore. If you Correct. have something, you can still use it. However, start thinking about doing something. How do you replace that or transition that? Is it needed? The first question, if it's needed, then how do we do that using technical uh, other technologies? We do have a set of new articles and videos which are available and related on this guidance as well. So how do we how do we implement certain scenarios and things using a transition in from ACS to Azure AD and all of that, which is one of the, the transition uh, points as well. Now, related on that one, uh, Azure AACS retirement in Microsoft 365, kind of a related, but we wanted to explicitly call it out as well. Uh, so um, this is the authentication model, which we was introduced 2011, um, which is, how would I put it, older version than Azure AD. So Azure AACS um, technically was dropped to support for Azure AACS already in Azure side, 2018, if I remember correctly. Within SharePoint Online side, we kept this live for the add-ins and uh, the applications, but now it's getting deprecated at the same sequence and it's April 2nd, 2026. And that's the last date when it's actually gonna be supported. April 1st would have been, I guess, not, not a good funny. date to have a, yes, not funny at all. So. <laughs> this is not a joke. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But it's good to be aware, again, these are reasonable timeframes. Uh, we are now, we're giving basically then two and a half years, people heads up, moving away, figure out what you have. We have tooling and all of that available uh, for you to do analysis with your tenant. Are you being using any of these technologies? And then you can actually start thinking on, okay, what do we do now? Jeez, we've spent a lot of time on this, but an important topic. Oh. Now, SharePoint Roadmap Update Fall 2023, and this is not a typical monthly summary. This is more a long-term uh, update uh, in association with the uh, European SharePoint Conference announcements and the demos, what we did there. So talking about uh, the next steps within a SharePoint Online, all of those cool new scenarios and cool-looking UX updates in Viva Amplify, what's actually happening, flexible platforms, so updates on the platform side, as well, including the next year roadmap. Uh, it's pretty small picture, but uh, looking into the calling out all of the different features where we're looking into investing and enabling also on the SharePoint side, and uh, not just actually on SharePoint side, but also on the on the SPFX cross Microsoft 365 side as well. So a lot of, a lot of stuff there as well. So really nice uh, blog post uh, related on that. Cool. Um, SharePoint roadmap pitched off November, 2023. This is the typical monthly summary where we basically then walk through other updates in SharePoint Online and on the related technologies, uh, for example, uh, the stream and all of that. So how we are actually able to do that stuff. So a cool. lot of, lot of, lot of great stuff in Microsoft 365 coming up. 
uh, or announced already. Now, on the Power Platform side, there was a Power Apps November uh, feature update as well, uh, as well from Clay Wiesner. Uh, so, a lot of, lot of new features, capabilities, which were announced partly in uh, Ignite. Uh, so, a lot of, lot of, lot of cool stuff on that side as well. On CLI, CLI, CLI side, uh, there was a 7.2 version coming out. Definitely, here? definitely. So, in our, in our month, in our set of upgrades uh, and updates, new features. Um, some of the things that 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 we call out in the call out in the announcement: new commands for uh, Entra ID, previously known as Azure AD, um, the ability to manage your pro profile card in Microsoft 365, because we release new APIs that allow you to manage the properties that you that you see on the people card across Microsoft 365, and that is really really cool because if you sync profiles from HR systems, some other uh, um, low locations. You might want to have additional info showing up on a card like your office or your number or telephone or some other number that you've got personally or whatever it is you want to see. Like you've got that ability now. So that is really, 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 really yep. cool. And other than that, the ongoing improvements, uh, including apparently upgrading or allowing you to upgrade your SharePoint framework projects to 1.18.2, which is as yep. of the recording, the latest version of SPFX available. There might be uh, a few new uh, until the, before the end of the year. Just calling it out, and and these are not, you know, these are, these are not regressions. They're actually additional new features which we might correct. Not like in. Correct, correct, right. So we stick on that, um, and other than that, just ongoing improvement, all geared towards the fact to help you get more out of CLI for Microsoft 365 and give you that one single tool to manage it all. Correct, which is really, really, really cool and convenient. And now, are you going to rename the AD uh, entry at some point? At some point, yeah. So we've been going about it like for a long time. Like, what is the kind of the word? Like, what do we rename it to? Is it yeah. EID? Is it Entra? Is it like so? We're waiting kind of on the community <laughs> to make up their mind about the acronym, and yeah. then we follow. Let's call it Valdek. Anyway, Steve. fair point. Steve, Steve always works. Now, Viva Connection Toolkit 2.4 uh, was also out. Uh, this is a great tool for doing SPFX development, not only for Viva, actually. It works uh, across all of the different things. And one of the things what we uh, designed here together, thank you, Adam, for the great work in here, uh, is the support for doing Teams Toolkit and, and the Viva Connection Toolkit together. So the Viva Connection Toolkit now understands the project structure if you are using Teams Toolkit to create your SPFX solution, so you can use either way. And that's actually really cool. So you can, in the same project, you can use Teams Toolkit for the Teams-oriented um, operations and then Viva Connection Toolkit for those which are operations which are not in the Teams Toolkit. So awesome, awesome uh, capability. Good, uh, and a lot of, lot of additional improvements there as well. Thank you, Adam Wojcik, on running that. Now, uh, now I need to remember the person's name, uh, which is, Complicated, Sergey. I think it's okay. Okay, so let yes, me confirm. Yes, I think this. I do. I think it's ah, Sergey. Yes. No name. Yes. Right. Yes. There you go. Uh, had a new blog post, uh, how to create a Microsoft Fluent UI search for drop-down component with React. Uh, so um, a technical summary. We don't see, see this many, uh, this kind of a blog post too much right now. I think everybody's just super busy and closing up for the year. I guess that's the reason. Thank you, Sergey, for this one, explaining how to get started and, and using that and how it will look like. Awesome, awesome stuff. We had also a blog post from Rashmi and around deploying a SharePoint framework packages to tenant app catalog to 
catalog to hub sites and associated heights. And this is actually quite typical scenario. This goes back on something what people have been asking us as a Microsoft to do, that can we have a hub site app catalog? so that the free apps which are in the hub site would actually enable in associated site collections. Um, there's no technical reason why we wouldn't be able to do that. It's just stacked right, not right, not right now in the higher uh, to get actually done versus the other features and requests. So, but this is basically then showing how to do that using PowerShell, which is really, really cool. Wartman had a blog post related on managed Azure OpenAI service using Azure CLI. Uh, so CLI, 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 that's a, that seems to be a growing theme, right, Walter? Yes, yes, correct, always, always be CLI. Yes, and and basically how can we adjust uh, the Azure OpenAI service? Uh, I did see a, a what was it, the, uh, who's the, the father of PowerShell, come on. Jeffrey uh, Snover. Jeffrey Snowden had a, Snover, say, not Snover. Snover. Yes, Jeffrey Snowbird uh, had a tweet related on should a Windows have a CLI or not because he created the PowerShell. Yes, it was actually one, kind of interesting. One thing, and... one thing Windows should have is CLI. Yes, yes. correct. <laughs> Good. And then Syed Hassan had a, a blog post related on uh, SharePoint, how to customize SharePoint forms with Power Apps. Um, so really cool uh, explanation on this as well, how it actually works and how, how it then is getting exposed within the UX as well. So how the panel is getting customized. Um, bit of a bummer that you cannot do this with SPFX or as a pro development storyline currently. So you can do this only with the Power Apps. And that's, that's like why it's yeah. in the backlog. We'll, we'll hopefully get to that sooner or later. And then Message Center Show and Daniel and Daryl. Daniel was on the ESPC as well, had a good time of chatting uh, on other stuff, had a latest episode around Teams Chat embedded in Outlook. So a lot of stuff is getting merged and more and more merged. And then they're calling out the other features which are getting announced uh, in the tenant admin message center within the past week. Few videos. Uh, Paulo had a new video related on consuming intraday applications with manage, uh, consuming intraday applications manage identities. So it's a very important thing from an identity perspective to understand as well how to make that happen. Um, then we had a five power app performance tips from Shane. If somebody knows uh, about how to improve PowerShell, uh, PowerShell power apps, that would be Shane definitely. Not PowerShell, right, Shane? I don't know, maybe yeah. he knows about PowerShell maybe too. He knows. Or maybe, maybe for that, he, he does. defers to Todd. He does. Yes, that's true. Uh, and then related on Todd and the connection with Shane. Uh, so Supraxis uh, Consulting had a new video related on uh, Microsoft Ignite re uh, recap. So what was actually the key announcements within 2023 Ignite? Um, and that's basically Supraxis people, so Julie, Todd, uh, Mark, and Emily walking through and explaining uh, what are the latest announcements. And then uh, we wanted to promote this one. Uh, ESPC is now done. Microsoft 365 conference uh, is coming. That's the next big one, which is coming in April 13th and May 1st and 2nd in uh, Orlando. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're in US or Europe, it will not be a massive long flight versus going all the way to the West Coast. Uh, Orlando is well, pretty short. If you're in, in Australia, that's a long flight. If you are in Australia, it's a longer flight than for the West Coast of US. That is true. Uh, but this is uh, this is definitely going to be the biggest one uh, within Microsoft uh, within 2024, which is focused on Microsoft 365 and associated technologies. So, so using Viva, Teams, SharePoint, Microsoft Power Platform in the concept of Microsoft 365. Definitely looking forward on this one. Uh, there's already a lot of lot of speakers uh, announced, um, and more is coming pretty soon. So session details, all of that is coming soon as well. So a lot of our approaches on that side.
And then a final recap, reminder on our sample gallery, anything new here? Uh, you, do you have a new sample, Swaldek? Yeah, so there is, there is a new sample from uh, Nandeep yep. uh, and Smita. Yep. Um, and there were some minor updates in the other one, but it's definitely it's so cool to see how, how many of the of these we got. Like we are almost like all the way like under the eighteen hundred, yep. and yep. a new sample coming every week, which is a great place, yes. you know, to see in practice. Like it's one thing to hear about it or read about it, but it's another thing to actually see it in action. And there's True. no really easier way to do it than to grab a sample from here, press F5, see it run, see it for yourself, Correct. and then show Correct. your colleagues and customers because that is like kind of, once you see it, you're like, it sparks, like it sparks yep. an idea, like, huh, yeah, what and, if we and could use this and then extend to this and that? Correct, correct. Get those ideas and, and basically, oh, that's really interesting. Let's take that one, combine that to there. And oh, now we have a great idea and voila. And then yeah. hopefully make billions out of that when you're selling that to Google or Microsoft or whatever, right? Hopefully, hopefully we can always hope. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, thank you, Agnes, uh, one more time for joining on the discussion. Um, I'm a bit of a, I have a bit of a flu, so I still need to, you know, get some rest on this week. It doesn't show. It doesn't that's show. Really I can hear myself differently. You know, my echo, uh, my. You can't really. Interesting. I mean, like, if you really pay attention, but on the other hand, you know what? You're here. That, that is the most important part. Ah, that's true. That is true. That's how it works. But uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll do a few more episodes, probably this calendar year. Um, not going to promise anything, right? Uh, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> holiday season is coming, Stay and then we'll have a few weeks. <laughs> exactly. But by default, we'll be back within a week. Uh, please use PMP hashtag uh, PMP Weekly, uh, so we we'll understand or can find out what you are sharing and writing and doing uh, in the video or in the blog post or whatever formats. If it's a sample, something else, let us know. Uh, we are always interested on in seeing what the community is doing. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you, Maldedek, for yes. having me. Thank you, Vesha, for being here. <laughs> Thanks, See everybody. We'll be back. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you.